Galatians 4.26. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman, and she is our mother. Well, there you go. Mother's Day is in the scripture, and it says that Jerusalem, or the heavenly Jerusalem, is our mother. What does that mean? I don't know. It's kind of a strange verse. So you have to think about it. Maybe you could type in your response. What are they talking about? Actually, I don't know. This is Galatians. And so Paul is doing a treatise on the difference between law and grace, or law and freedom, or the law of the spirit of death and the law of the spirit of life. That's saying that we are no longer under the Old Testament mosaic law that brought sin and death. Well, it, it displayed sin and led to death. That we're under the law of the spirit of life, that we have freedom. So the new Jerusalem is heaven, our eventual reuniting with God up in heaven. But it's also saying that we are not children of the of the dead children of the law were children of freedom and grace. It tells you not to use your freedom as a cover up for sin, but it's nice to know your encouraging word from scripture is that yes, Mother's Day is mentioned in scripture that heavenly Jerusalem is our mother, but more importantly, it's you have been set free. It says in Galatians, for freedom, Christ set us free. So let us walk then as those who are free and freely bow our knee and confess with our tongue, Jesus Christ is Lord and serve him. That's your Mother's Day verse for today. And we're focusing right now during this stay home, stay safe time to remind ourselves how important prayer is. And here's my thought. You get to see my notes when I preach up at the platform. All you ever see is the big square. And these little notes down here, that's all the tags I have to tell me what to say. When I ramble on for 40, 45 minutes, I only see what you see plus a little, little tidbit of notes, but you get to see that. I were online so I can remind myself what I'm talking about. So we're going to be talking about the life of prayer today. As we wrap up the 12-step prayer, we're going to try to make it a habit. We're going to try to develop a life of prayer. That's something that goes beyond because, my friends, we are guilty, all of us, of going to church, hearing a message, or looking online, or reading a Bible study, or doing a devotion, and being totally impacted by it, and then it doesn't change us at all, right? That's it's kind of my pastors are still in business <laughs> because you have, we have to relearn the same stuff over and over again. Well, let's try to put this into practice and develop a life of prayer. That's what today's message is on. So let's review the 12-step prayer briefly. Okay. So here they are over here. Praise, waiting, confession, scripture prayer, watching, intercession, petition, thanksgiving, singing, listening, meditation, and praise. Hopefully you have the point the right way. It's backwards on my screen. But you have the, I'm pointing to Pam, but it's really pointing to the 12-step prayer. Uh, you have the 12-step prayer memorized, or you've taken a screenshot of it, or you've written it down in your notes or something, and you're trying to practice it. But notice what I said in my notes. You can read the small print. Alter your thinking from, I ought to pray, right? That's where a lot of us have been our whole life. In fact, they ever say, they've said before, if you ever want to humble a Christian, Ask them how the prayer life is, right? Because no one really thinks, oh, I, I, I pray too much. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm filled up in prayer. Everybody's like, well, I should pray more, right? Sometimes there's people who are pretty diligent in reading their Bible. So if you ask them about Bible reading, most Christians are like, yeah, but some are like, well, no, I'm doing the Bible in one year. I'm doing the Old Testament in three weeks or whatever. I read uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, I read Leviticus out loud every Sunday. There's a guy that does that, but you know. They ask for about their prayer. Kind of humbles everybody. So, but let's change from I ought to pray to prayer is a lifestyle I am choosing. 
Ooh. Ooh. Put that in your notes. Instead of I ought to pray or I ought to pray more, to prayer is a lifestyle that I'm choosing. I made a commitment through this 12-step prayer and this series on prayer and through this time of staying home and staying safe to remind myself to relearn God's word and the vitality and the importance of prayer. And you know, before we went to the 12 steps, we did two or three or two or three, I think, weeks of introduction to get your buy-in to how important prayer is and how dramatically it can change things. Biblically based evidence that God hears and answers our prayer. So we're making that choice. Prayer is a lifestyle that I'm choosing. Now, I never do what the pastor says when they're in church and like, raise your hand if you believe this. Stand up if you want to do this. Come forth this. In. Right? There's a few of us that are like that. We're just not going to do it. But right now, I want you to practice. I want you to say it out loud in your home. Look at whoever's near you. Give them a weird look and say, prayer is a lifestyle I am choosing. Ready, set, go. Prayer is a lifestyle I am choosing. Bam. <laughs> She's busy typing. She didn't obey my request. I'm sure she said it in her mind. <laughs> oh, she's typing it in on the chat room. That's fine. Okay. And uh, so I have a lot to talk about. Uh, so I just want to remind you that these are things that we can practice. If you are the kind of person that can watch a message and communicate on the live stream as well, this is interactive church because Pam's over there manning the live stream, then you could type in the step of prayer and a one-liner prayer. And if you get some, we'll read them. Because I'm not going to go through and do them all again this time, but if you typed in like praise, it'd be like, God is my rock. Then we would say, hey, so, so, and so. And if you said a uh, petition, uh, Lord, I pray that uh, I will not get the virus. Uh, intercession, uh, help Steve get a new hairdo or something. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I like my hairdo actually, but you know what I'm saying? If you want to contribute, then we will be reminded, even if it's in the middle of what I'm talking about, we'll be reminded of the 12 different steps. Meditation, and then you just put, hmm, or if your eyes are closed, I can't see it in church, I can see it, but if your eyes are closed right now, I'll just assume you're meditating on the word of the Lord. Anyways, so hopefully you're putting the 12-step parent practice, it's a lifestyle you are choosing. But I want to follow up on this with some motivational stuff to really seal the deal with you. So what I, my goal is today, okay? And I hope to get through it all because there's lots of stuff here. Uh, here we go. Uh, I call this the prayer of Jesus. I've taught before on the prayer of Jabez, and you could go back, back and watch that. But uh, so mm -hmm. praise. I'm so blessed to be a mom. Who said that? Bye, Kathy. So here's the 12-step prayer, and then kind of like if this is overwhelming to you, then also there's a quick little outline on the prayer of Jesus. You take the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know that prayer? If you take it and you break it down into uh, an outline, here it is. Okay, the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. Number one, God is addressed as Dad. That's pretty good, right? Our Father. Now, sometimes you say Father, Dad, Abba, Heavenly Father, but the point is, Jesus had an intimate relationship with God. He referred to him as Abba a lot, which was the modern vernacular for just dad or daddy in the day. Right? I have a shirt. I could have worn it today. It says, who's your Abba? Like, who's your daddy? <laughs> God is addressed as dad. Number two, praise is given to him. Notice that's similar to the 12-step prayer. You start with praise. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed. 
hallowed be thy name. You're praising the name of God. So, hey, kind of like the Hebrews idea, we enter the bold room. <laughs> we enter the throne room boldly because he's God. So we praise him, but he's also our dad. So we can enter boldly and go right up onto his lap. So God has addressed his dad. Praise is given to him. Total submission is declared. Right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. You're, 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 you're yielding to God, just like Jesus did when he said, I, wanna, I don't want to take the sins of the world upon me, but if there's another way, then your will be done. So that's a good thing. It's kind of like that waiting, right? Praise and a 12-step prayer. I'll go back to it. Praise and then waiting, the same thing. So praise and then submission is declared. That's where you yield yourself and realize he's got, you're not. He's not your magic genie. You're not going to rub a bottle and get all these things you want. You're yielding to his sovereign leadership. Petition is made for daily needs. That's good, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Same thing as in our 12-step prayer. Go back to it. You have petition here. So same thing in the, in the outline that Jesus gave. Different order, but still it's okay. Petition is made for daily needs. God knows you need stuff, so it's okay to ask God for your bread. It's okay. Talk to God. He provides. In fact, it says in Scripture that all good things come from God. So no matter where you think you got it, if you got, maybe you got a check for twelve hundred dollars signed by your president. I haven't got a letter from old Donald saying, "Here you go, I gave you some money." Thank you, Donald. But it actually came from God because all good things come from God. Okay, for James one seventeen, my color commentator says. Um, Number five, forgiveness agreement is made. Ooh, that's kind of a serious one, right? So that kind of is a little bit like uh, confession or maybe intercession. But here it's a forgiveness agreement is made. And that's an agreement you make with God. Forgive us our sins or our trespasses as we forgive those who sin or trespass against us. So you're asking God for forgiveness, but it's conditional. God says, okay, but... The mercy you extend others is what the mercy you're going to get. So you have to be just as gracious and forgive others. That's an interesting contract that's not talked about a lot about Christianity. But when in the Lord's Prayer itself, when we ask God to forgive us, we agree that it's as we forgive others. Hmm. Number six, I like this. Protection from sin is requested. That goes back to the prayer of Jabez, where Jabez says, keep me from harm. Keep me from causing harm or receiving harm. So it's okay. Um to be asked to be protected from sin. We don't want the destruction of sin in our lives and our family's life. And whether you think this virus is a plague of God or sin of humanity or just a random thing or chance, either way, we want protection from sin and from the devastating consequences of sin. It might not be sin itself, but we live in a sin-fallen world. You have to admit, in the Garden of Eden, <laughs> there wouldn't be death and there wouldn't be plagues, there wouldn't be sickness. So this is a result of sin one way or the other. So it's okay to protect us from sin to pray for that uh, number seven victory in spiritual warfare is asked right? you ask god to give us the victory yours is the kingdom and the power forever and, and protect us from the evil one this whole idea that there is something and we miss this a lot there is something beyond the physical there's the spirit realm. So we always see, well, the government's doing this, or the virus is doing this, or the Chinese are doing this, or my spouse is doing this, or Hitler's doing this, you know. But these people are controlled by supernatural forces. There's a supernatural cosmic battle going on. Ephesians 6 is very clear about that. And we are caught in the middle. And it's okay to 
pray for divine intervention and to know that God has given us the tools to be victorious, the word of God and prayer are our offensive weapons. Don't forget that. And finally, final authority of God is restated. Yours is the kingdom and the power forever and ever. Amen. So this is the outline of the Lord's Prayer found in Matthew 6 that everybody knows. It's kind of like the prayer of Jabez, but it's not. It's a step-by-step, -step, and it's just another outline for prayer. You can There's all kinds of different ways to pray, tools, but here's another one. Follow the prayer that Jesus taught and use it as an outline for you to pray and go in this order if you'd like to. Okay, moving right along. I told you that today's message is called the life of prayer. So here we go. This is the beginning of the church. When the church began, before it had time to get corrupted by the Roman Empire and by humans and by sin, here's what it says about them in the beginning. And they were continuing steadfastly. Mm, that's good. I like the way that says this. This is the MKJV. In the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of loves and in prayers. So they were continuing steadfastly. They were students of the word. They fellowship. They uh, prayed. Look at that, how prayer is one of the things that mentions that the early church was steadfast about doing. Look what happened in verse 43. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and miracles took place through the apostles. Hmm. Let me blow that up and see if it gets any bigger. Oh, it does. That really helps when I look over there. Very good. So here's my question I'm asking. Do you believe this? Do you believe that this can be us, that we can focus on teaching, fellowship, if you're going to do meals right now or fellowship, it's got to be virtual, right? We're trying to protect ourselves from a virus. So you can send meals. You can fellowship uh, via video conferencing and prayers. This is all good stuff. It's not bad stuff. It's like, what do I have to do to be a better Christian? Well, you need to strip down. You need to be pierced for your sins. You need to crawl on your knees to a special holy mound. You need to sit there for three weeks and not eat. No, it doesn't say that. The early church here, when they were a successful, powerful church, they did stuff that actually we like. The time of teaching, fellowshipping together, we miss that. So we do it virtually. Meals, everybody likes meals. And prayer, we're, we're choosing a lifestyle of prayer. And verse 33, verse 43, that's what it says. That it can happen here in Connell or wherever you're at. That the fear of God can come on soul and miracles can take place. And then it says later that many were added to the church. But we have to devote ourselves to this outcome. Okay, we have to choose this life of prayer. Hmm? And then there's the priority of prayer. Somebody's dying of cancer and you're like, well, we can't do anything, but I guess at least we can pray. No, the priority of prayer is first. Notice this. Look at this. This is important, especially in the politically charged time we're in right now, where how did the virus get here and how should we respond to it and who's controlling me and who says I can go to work and not go to work and who says I have to wear a mask when I go outside? Hmm. Look what it says in 1 Timothy 2. First of all, that's key on that. I exhort that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. All men, your leaders, your boss, your spouse, your children, people you don't like. And it mentions some specific people for kings and all who are in authority. So that we may live a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. Listen, I don't know what you want, but I want to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So I'm called to, first of all, do supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. No, so it's always with an attitude of gratitude, right? Always being thankful in all things. Remember the verses that we talked about in the beginning. 
Rejoice always, pray continually in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you to pray at all times. And it specifically lists for those who are in authority. So, hmm, before voting, before picketing, and that's happening right now, before complaining, before fleeing, <laughs> some are fleeing, we are to pray for the peace of, well, and in Israel it said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Notice I capitalized USA. Interesting that Jer, Usa, Lamb, right? In the middle of Jerusalem is USA. So we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and now 2,000 years later, 3,000 years later, 4,000 years later, we pray for the peace of our own country, USA. We're praying for us right here. The heart of Jerusalem is USA. So before you get all socially active and you get all politically active and you decide to do this, none of that is wrong. But the goal is to pray first, to go to God first. So I want to encourage you to do that. But also, uh, there was a song uh, by Lauren Daigle called First that really ministered to me. And so I commissioned the C4 band to record a version of it so I could play it for you guys. So I'm going to bring it up, and I want you to enjoy their song first. Listen to it clearly, enjoy it, and I'll be back in a few. Oh! 
them doing that. It was excellent. Well done. And it highlights this year that we need to go to God first. That first and foremost, we take our prayers to God before we do anything else. So the priority of prayer. Let's continue on. I have a few more topics before we conclude here. So let's go down to the power of prayer. We're going to talk about the power of prayer here. Um, James 5, 15 and 16. And the prayer of faith will cure the sick. Hmm, wow. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, it will be forgiven him. Confess faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The, now look at the end here. The effective, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous one avails much. Now, we learned that earlier. The whole intro of this whole thing was that prayer is powerful, right? There was this list of things we can do. We can uh, invoke mercy. We can delay wrath. We can stop judgment. We can change our future. There's all these powerful things in Scripture. Prayer is powerful. And we also learned that you have to pray in faith. That If you, if you doubt or you disbelieve, according to James, you're short-circuiting prayer, not the source, right? If there's a short circuit in my house, it's not, it's not the energy company is broken. <laughs> that my wiring is broken. And so the wiring between you and God gets broken when we have doubt and disbelief. And we also learned that we have to be humble in our prayer, that God is sovereign and we're not. And then Psalm 66, that passage that's listed in my notes, says that if I regard iniquity, that's Psalm 66, 18 and 19, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. So we have to be those prayers who forsake sin. That's part of, uh, that's our part in having effective prayers. If you want to have effective or as it says here in this version, effectual fervent prayers. Well, part of that is, um, number one, you have to pray. Number two, you have to pray in faith and not doubt. Number three, you have to pray in all humility. Number four, you have to forsake your own personal sin. And I, I would add number five, that you have to be persistent. You have to be persistent in our prayers. So here the, the promise is that we can have powerful prayers that move God. That, that's kind of the hope here in prayer. But we have to do our part as well. And part of that is stepping out in faith, being humble, confessing our sin, forsaking iniquity, being persistent. So as you pray, don't just waste your time. Be effective. 
and fervent in your prayers. The result of prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7. This is the result of prayer. Right? So you're not going to be anxious in verse 6, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Notice thanksgiving is always there. you got an attitude of gratitude. Let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Ooh, this is the result of prayer. And the, this is important for right now too, right? Hmm? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. Notice that it doesn't just guard your heart. Kind of an important point. It guards your mind as well. Oh, my heart, I trust Jesus, but in my mind, I'm all stressed out. No, it's going to guard your mind as well. All those thoughts, all those fears, all those insecurities. So God's peace, peace that passes understanding, even in the midst of a storm that you shouldn't be at peace at, you can be at peace because you know your God is sovereign above the storm. The peace, it says, is a result of prayers offered with trusting, faithful hearts. When we trust God and we bring our prayers to him and we know he's a good, good God and that he's sovereign, then we can have peace that guards not only our hearts, but our minds as well. Three more slides. The permanence of prayer. Oh, this is the verse I started with. Right? Great memory verses, three quick memory verses. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And then it tells you at the end, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The permanence of prayer, that we do this always, not just during this series, not just during a global pandemic, but we rejoice always. We pray without ceasing. We give thanks in everything. It's hard to do. It's hard to pray at all times. No, it isn't. Not if you stay connected to the heavenly radio station khbn right you're connect, you're praying without ceasing because you're you have this back channel dialogue always going on with god it's like the guys that uh, host reality tv shows you know the commentators they're talking to you the crowd but there's a mic in their ear and all this team behind him is telling them who to call up next and what to say and what to do and he's got teleprompters back channel communication uh, worship teams have that now in church. They have different back channel communications to help them know what song to do next and when the chord changes come in on stuff. That's how we want to be with God. We want to live life here on earth, but we want to have constant back channel communication with God. We want to pray without ceasing. And we need to learn to be thankful in all things. Not thankful for all things, but in all things, because we know that God is good and he works all things out for our benefit in the long run. So at all times, for all things, we are called to pray. That's the permanence of prayer. All right. I'm going to wrap this up in a little bit. Uh, there's two more slides, and these are ones you've seen before, but I'm going to use this to conclude. And I also have a motivational video I want you to watch, so don't leave yet. Um, we're going back to this passage here. This is a negative passage, but we're going to use it for a positive, because a double negative is a positive. And if you don't know that, I can help you with your algebra. Ezekiel 22:30. God is looking for watchmen. I searched for a man. This is... God crying out through the prophet, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. I'm saying, rise up, O church of God. This is your time to rise up and say, not on our watch. There might be a time and a day when the tribulation comes, the judgment of God comes, the destruction of America comes, the destruction of the human race. I don't know how all things end. Oh, I know 
sin and death is destroyed and we get to be with God forever. But I don't know how it wraps up here exactly. But let's say not on our watch. This is not it. This is the time for revival. This is the time where we humble ourselves and we seek God and we pray and we confess our sins and he hears from heaven and he heals us and he forgives our sins. Right? This is the time to do that. So let's be the watchman on the wall. It's a, it's a time to be a little bit militant in your Christianity. And I mean, there's people out there that are very aggressive and militant and they're protesting of what the government's doing and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're getting all angry and they're saying this. Well, in a spiritual sense, let's do that even more. Let's rise up and say to the enemy, not on my watch. You shall not pass here, as Gandalf the Great would say, right? We don't let this happen on our watch. We don't want it for our families and for our children and for our grandchildren. We want to be those people who stand in the gap and pray and cry out to God to make a difference. Don't let this happen in our day. Don't let God say, I found no one. Even if it's just you. Romans tells us that with God, you are the majority. You plus God equals the majority. Just you alone. And then the key passage that has been read over and over and over again. This for good reason during this time. Here's your call to action. If I shut up the heavens, this is Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. You know it. If I shut up the heavens so there's no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, it's happened. Pestilence, a plague has come among my people. What is our response? It's here in scripture. It's This is like 4,000 years old advice here. If this happens, then my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will hear their land, heal their land. Now, God says, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. If we pray, we definitely don't want to pray to a brass ceiling. We want the prayers to reach heaven, to get to God. Well, what do we have to do? Here's your call to action. Will you humble yourself? Right? That's in a 12-step prayer. Praise, waiting, uh, confession. Will you humble yourself? Will you pray? Will you actually seek God? Not just token prayers, but really seek the face of God. Will you really seek his face? Will you make a commitment to seek God like you've never sought him before? And will you turn? Will you find what as God, as you sit in the presence of God and he makes you aware of the stuff in your life that's fluff, stuff that's fluff, junk. I'm not saying it's sin. Scripture says it's sins and weights that so easily beset us. So maybe it's a weight. Hey, you don't got sins, brother. You just got weights. Doesn't matter. Take those sins and weights and cast them off. We want to humble ourselves, pray, seek, and turn, because then it says he will hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and corporately the sin of our world, and heal our land. That's what we're asking God to do. So I'm asking you to have a renewed commitment to not, I ought to pray, but I'm choosing a lifestyle of prayer, and I'm going to earnestly seek the face of God so I know how to live, I know what to do, I know how to respond. And so I'm going to play a motivational video of a preacher talking about seeking the face of God. I think it's really good, and I want you to watch it. So let me find it, and then I'll play it. me to put a question to you personally. Did you ever set your heart to seek the Lord? 
Uh, I didn't ask, did you seek the Lord at one time? I asked, did you ever set your heart to seek the Lord? If we don't set our hearts to seek God, His kingdom, His righteousness, then what we're going to do is to descend to the level of the pagan. Our very nature is such that we are certain to seek something or someone. There isn't anybody who doesn't seek something. And if we follow our nature, we will seek the inconsequential. We've got to set our hearts to seek the Lord. Dear friends, people have said to me, since being in this very church, I don't know that there is any hope. Don't talk that way to me. I worship and serve a God who, when his people seek him, he lets them find him. The thing that concerns me is not will God let us find him, but will we seek him? The failure is not on God's part, obviously, it's on our part. We can live in the hour of greatest emergency of our entire lives and we can act as casually and as differently as if we were living in the day of glorious spiritual victory and harvest. If we will seek him, he will let us find him. And our only hope is to seek the face of God. Wow, some good stuff there. Let me turn my sound back down because I was listening to it myself. Let me put my other video back up so I can see what's going on. Uh, the line that really uh, hit me from there was the line that said um, that we could be living in terrible times and be indifferent as if they were really good times. And I guess that's kind of my closing thought on here is if not now, when, if not you, who, one of the things that uh, we had talked about is if there's something you've always thought you wanted to do and you're not doing it during this time, you're probably never going to do it. And so if I would hate to have gone through something this serious, this dramatic, this world changing and look back and say, you know, I just didn't take it seriously from a spiritual standpoint. I was indifferent. I, I thought about praying. I thought about uh, getting my family together and, and, and starting the habit of devotionals, of reading the Bible out loud and praying out loud together. I thought about being more intentional with my family or connecting with people or speaking live. There's all kinds of positive ways that we can rise up, oh, church, and make a difference here. Please. Take this time to rise up and seek the face of God and then walk in obedience to him. Let me close in a word of prayer. That'll end our broadcast and then we'll do local announcements. Father, our Father who is in heaven, we praise your name. We know that you are great 
and glorious and that your kingdom's going to come and your will's going to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we have daily needs, so it's okay to ask you for those needs. And we ask you to give us today our daily bread. And we want your forgiveness. We need your forgiveness. So forgive us and teach us how to forgive and lay down others. And we ask you to protect us from evil and from the evil one, because we know you have the kingdom and the power and the authority forever and ever. And so we yield ourselves to you this day. We make a commitment to choose a life of prayer, to seek your face, because you've called us to, and you're worthy to be sought. In Jesus' name, amen.